Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We have reached number five in the Husky International series. This is a long interview with the CEO of the Norwegian outdoor brand Norena. Try listen to the interview using Acast. Find out more about this episode and previous episodes on huskypodcast.com. My name is Magnus Ormestad and this is the Swedish outdoor podcast Husky. But welcome, uh, Jörgen Jörgensen. Thank you. <laughs> CEO of uh, Norrana. We're sitting in the flagship store in Stockholm. Yeah. Um, how would other people describe you, do you think? Uh, <laughs> they will probably uh, describe me as enthusiastic. Uh, well, you're Norwegian, so... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I think they would uh, describe me as enthusiastic about uh, nature and uh, very passionate about my job in Norena. So, uh, yeah, it's a big part of my life. So I think there's a good, uh, a good relation between uh, me as a person and, and my job there. Uh, where did you grow up? I grew up right outside Oslo, uh, west of Oslo, uh, called uh, Asker and Bærum. So uh, close to nature, and uh, you know I was uh, also a lot up in the mountains. So uh, my my father always brought me uh, to to his uh, activities. Uh, so I learned to use both the sea and and the mountains uh, from an early stage. But it was from from the beginning. Nature was a very a natural uh, a part of your your childhood and, and yeah and uh, you know I've been passionate about skiing uh, since I was uh, very young um, walking uh, in the mountains hiking I used to see a lot also by you know kayaking and windsurfing and uh, and wakeboarding and, and so on so um, yeah and uh, and when you were a kid your father was uh, CEO when when you grew up yeah uh, what what did you want to become when you uh, when you grew up when you were a kid? Um, I think that uh, most of my um, most of the time I actually dreamt about, about uh, starting working in in Norena. Uh, there was never a pressure, and sometimes it was a pressure not to do it because it's a, a demanding job. Um, but um, during uh, when I was studying uh, financials, uh, I uh, sort of were hooked into the financial world for uh, for a short time, but I discovered uh, by kind of uh, figuring out what was uh, making me stand up in the morning that I like to build stuff, and uh, the financial world is uh, not about that in the same way that I'm, you know, what I'm passionate about. So I I really discovered that Nurana is uh, the perfect job for me because you can build products, you can build organizations, you can build stores, IT systems. There's so many cool things to build, uh, and that's really what drives me. And I see that through. I was very little, you know. I was building, building. That's that's been a red thread be, from when I was really young. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe you could just just briefly uh, say something about the history of, of Norana because you're fourth or fifth. I'm the fourth generation. Fourth. So it was founded by my uh, great grandfather <laughs> in 1929. First, he actually founded a different company with a companion in 1918, uh, and you know he was a craftsman. He had a product knowledge in that company and. Uh, after a while, he didn't like the direction that that company was going in. Uh, we were not uh, stretching to do the the greatest quality, so we actually stepped out of the company, which was a very successful company at that time. And he brought with him three sewers, and they started Nurana, uh, based on making the highest quality products in 1929. And and from that stage, we built it up, uh, you know, as a family company, stone on stone, and. Um, I think there there's a lot of interesting thing uh, to say about uh, the whole period here. But if we take it a little short, you know, uh, uh, again, my grandfather was uh, running it uh, in the 50s and 60s, uh, and he died um, yeah, quite suddenly in 1971. And then my father, he was not really interested in uh, outdoor at that time, and he didn't really have an education. and. And uh, suddenly he was he was left with the company. Uh, his father died suddenly, and he had to take some decisions. And he figured out that you know I really want to do this. I really want to go into Norena and 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 try to develop it. So he bought out his aunts, and there was also some camping furniture and so on in there. So he kind of made it uh, core uh, outdoor, and together with a Swedish guy called Thomas Arström. Uh, which is uh, which started an outdoor chain in in Norway in the early 70s. Uh, um, he came in as a product developer, and uh, they kind of added on the next uh, building block of Norena, uh, uh, highest quality and uh, great function. So during the 70s, they started extreme uh, user-driven product development, which means. You know, it was a lot of expeditions uh, starting in the 70s, and these guys were friends of my father and Thomas. So they said, okay, we're gonna climb the troll wagon um, wall in Norway, and we need a, we need a jacket. We're gonna do this new expedition route. And uh, yeah, we developed the jacket for them, and yeah, it worked out. We had to do some adjustments, and eventually that became the product that we put into our range. So, uh, more like a coincidence, we started extreme driven, uh, extreme user driven product development. Um, so through the 70s and, and 80s, they developed a lot of innovative uh, products. You know, we made the first uh, Gore-Tex jacket in Europe in 1977. Uh, we also um, uh, did our troll climbing jacket and pant, which has been one of our best sellers for time in the end of the 70s. And they developed really cool tents, new backpacks, uh, and and more products like that. So we became like a high-end niche uh, manufacturer to uh, uh, to yeah outdoor clothing uh, and climbing gear. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and I can, uh, and then uh, kind of um, during the nineties, um, Norena started really growing uh, because. Um, the Norwegian market kind of exploded in in uh, the outdoor scene, and uh, we were very successful. Uh, at the end of the nineties, we uh, there was a lot of good competitors coming in. Uh, you know, Arterix did a great job uh, at that time, and and a lot of other ones. And and we needed to reshift our focus a bit. So um, I was uh, taken into the company, very unexperienced, but I brought in a lot of ambassadors and a new way of working. So. During the early 2000s, we added on the, the third building block of design. So if a product uh, is going to cost like 5,000 kroner, it has to look really, really good also. So we found that uh, by working more on the design, you enhance the quality and the function. So, I mean, we came up with uh, especially the Lofoten uh, free ride series, which was uh, making a lot of noise outside Norway also. So at that time, we started also focusing more on our export. And uh, and uh, through through uh, uh, from there we we have kind of succeeded quite well also in, uh, internationally. Um, uh, yeah. Um, I I guess it's very it's very special to I mean as a kid growing up within a company and within a brand, um, maybe kind of taking it for granted the clothes the clothes that you were wearing and the clothes that you saw. When did you first start 
getting kind of an outside perspective of and start realizing that this is a this is a fully functional this is a clothing brand that other people wear as well and and you're the family behind it um, I mean uh, this is uh, I'm been used to that since I was was a little kid I think my take on it was a little different because I already when I was quite young uh, had a lot of meanings of how to push it in a different direction. So my father let me design the first my first jacket when I was 12. So I, then I drew it and he made it. Uh, of course, he made the jacket for me, which I didn't uh, draw when I was uh, five. So, you know, he makes sure I had the, the, the products on. But the head office on Uren, I was very close to where I grew up. And I worked there, um, um, you know, fixing gators and do that stuff on, on the evening to earn money and um, I had the key to the office so I went in there by myself and eventually you know the sewing machine was there and I, I had a lot of ideas so I sat down and started playing with the, the sewing machine so kind of I, I saw a lot of people using it but I also saw you know the opportunity to kind of push it even more in a cooler direction because I think uh, when, when I was young you saw Nurana was more of a traditional company. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't the typical clothing that I used. Um, it started uh, during the nineties. You know, the little cooler colors started to come in, and I kind of it became more of the products that I was using when I was out out in nature. Um, so you know, you kind of grown accustomed to it. So, um, but what I'm kind of much more. Um, interested is the consumer feedback what's always been uh, great to hear is when consumers are passionate about uh, oh because you make these products we can do this kind of activity so that that's really a cool motivation um, behind seeing pro people use it and I, I've been working in a sporting store um, during my studies so I sold a lot of products and then you come in the contact with the consumers and their passion about the products and if something goes wrong what you how to have to treat them that, that way yeah. do you still uh, use the sewing machine mm -hmm. <laughs> I do I saw all the strategy we had a new strategy and I sold them on the sewing machine <laughs> uh, so but um, I'm not I'm not good at the sewing machine, but I know how to use it, and we sometimes uh, make some stuff uh, with the kids and so on. So it's uh, I, I like to learn them how to use it too. So. At what level was your uh, because you did a lot of sports? You said mm -hmm. was it always like just for fun, or did you participate at any stage more professionally or more serious? You know, Nurana is all about uh, no start numbers. We like the free ride spirit. So. Um, for me, I was never into the sports for competition. I was in there to of pure passion. So I mean, I started uh, telemarking when I was uh, 11, and it was all about the free riding, uh, the powder skiing, and so on. It, I started uh, doing some training and uh, some slopes, but as soon as the, the powder came, you know, we stopped that and went out uh, back powder skiing. So we were kicked out, kicked out of the team. Uh, so, so this is my take on, on nature. I mean, being out there and the important thing is to enjoy time with your friends and, and kind of just uh, absorb a beautiful nature and have fun. Uh, but I've spent quite a lot of time on doing that, both in, you know, hiking, hunting, mountain biking, cross-country skiing, uh, freeride skiing and all kinds of activities. I spend a lot of time outside and uh, it's not about being best, it's about the fun and the, the you know enjoy is that is that how you uh, uh, would define Norrana as a brand hmm. I think that we are about you know our our vision is welcome to nature uh, we like people to really enjoy uh, nature therefore we have to make the world's best products so people can focus on their experience instead of kind of freezing or not being protected from from the weather um, and I mean, people can do this any way they want. Some of them are uh, extreme, going to the to the most demanding peaks or uh, steepest skiing or something. But but our soul of the brand is go out and enjoy nature any way you like, as long as you enjoy it. But not to destroy it by I have to be uh, the quickest one there or, uh, or something like that. We're we're about the <coughs> enjoyment of it. Do you feel, is it a heavy burden to bear a family company now you're the CEO of it? Um, strangely enough, I uh, only uh, once kind of 
felt really the burden. Uh, you know, I know it's there, but it's something that uh, I'm so gr grown into the thought of taking care of it. And, and for me, it's so much fun doing it. So this is something that I really want to do. Um, and uh, I mean, I've done a lot of mistakes through the time that I've spent in the run. I'm probably 50-50 the right and the wrong things. But since there are no one uh, on top of me to blame me, you know, I, I, I believe in doing mistakes. So it's okay to say, oh, I did a mistake, let's try something different. And, and therefore we don't really go down the, the wrong road uh, when realizing doing mistakes. So I think uh, um, therefore we haven't gone into the really uh, tough situations except once. Uh, but um, I also have a strong belief uh, in what uh, we can do. So, you know, my focus is always on, okay, how do we get there? Not about the scary things of not getting there. Uh, but we had a, a situation in 2007 where kind of growing pains and uh, some wrong decisions uh, ended up uh, where we had problems in our supply chain. We uh, had uh, delivery problems, we had uh, quality problems. Uh, um, so a lot of things happened at the same time and I was uh, then temporary in charge of supply chain. And I went down to our factories and I saw, you know, that we're going to have big delays and so on. And then for one second, uh, when uh, because we had hired a new, <laughs> new supply chain director and he was coming in with a lot of knowledge that I didn't have. And, uh, and he resigned actually before he started. Uh, <laughs> so when he called and said, uh, I got my dream job now, uh, I will not be... See you uh, <laughs> uh, able to work for you and at that time I felt you know I think that's the toughest time I had in in Norana. Um but at the same time this also taught me to look in the mirror and say you know what was the reason why we ended up here uh, and there was uh, no one else to blame uh, but uh, the decisions I've been taking and therefore uh, I really understand that uh, something some Im important elements had to be put in the bottom of how we were running the company and therefore we are so much stronger today so I would not be without this uh, situation that we ended up in even if it was very painful at that time uh, it has made us a lot stronger later and we would not have been where we are today without kind of feeling this so tough but is that also a matter of um, like maturity on yourself have you always been this uh, because it sounds like you're very 100% honest to yourself and, and everything around you. Uh, have you always been like that, even through like being a teenager and doing studies and sports and everything? Uh, probably uh, more or less like that, you know. Uh, but still, uh, you know, I have a strong mind and have to realize a lot of the mistakes I do afterwards. And then you can look back and see, you know, how stupid was it possible to, to be at that time. So, I mean, I see I learn all the time and that uh, the day I don't realize that anymore, I think it's going to be harder to, to develop the company going forward. But uh, of course, experience, you see the value of a lot of experience. Uh, but uh, I also see that <laughs> doing the mistakes really makes you remember them. So, so you won't do it again. But also, you know, we go down a lot of new uh, roads we don't know what is the right way. So you have to be open to do mistakes because it's if you are afraid of doing mistakes, you will never really find new and cool ways because you're so afraid of testing out new stuff. So yeah. that's uh, that's really the, the perfect like entry to the next question because mm -hmm. now you're the CEO, you're that at the helm, like you're you're controlling the Norana now. Uh, do you see yourself as a caretaker of the company or kind of a reinventor? sort of a mix um, I mean there is uh, I, I learned a lot from my father you know he gave me some a really good fundament for taking the company to the next level so a lot of the things that uh, is part of our success today is stuff that he's taught me it's about quality it's about some certain things on how you run a company and so on so um, this I got when I was really really a young uh, kid and I've been 
really holding hold to these things, even if people around me, both in the board and people in the company, said, "No, we have to change this." You know, this is still, uh, you know, belief I got from him. And at the same time, uh, there's a lot of new learnings, uh, and you have to kind of find ways to get new inputs every day, because we know that uh, the evolution is going to take place, and and we would like to be in front of that evolution. So. We always had to try and test out new uh, ways to improve, but still the fundamental how we run business can be the same thing. You know, we still believe in repairs. We still believe in the best quality function and design. There is something there which has been there since the start of the company that we have to take care of, and there are some other things that we have to develop. Um, at what stage was the company when when you took over? Um, it was uh, the brand name was very strong. Um, it was still a solid company, uh, but the turnover started to slightly fall. And what what year was it, by the way? Uh, first, I started uh, as a product development mm. manager in two thousand, and I took over the company in two thousand five. So, if I'm going to take this story, you know, I was put in there because we needed some fresh blood into Norena. And uh, um, since it's a family-owned company and uh, I was passionate about it, I've been in the board for some years before. Uh, we tried to put me in there and I had a lot of thoughts about product development. So again, uh, maybe 50-50 right and wrongs. But eventually we started to get the products uh, going in a new direction and finding kind of the next level of the Norona design. But Still, there were so many other things that had to be fixed for the company to be an international leading brand, which I wanted it to be. Uh, at that time, my father was uh, only part of the board. He was not running the company. So uh, the old CEO and I, we were not kind of agreeing on the direction. Uh, so eventually I went to my father and said, you know, now is the time uh, for me to take over. Um, and we agreed on the 1st of January 2005. Uh, and we announced it to the rest of the company half a year before. And, and at the same time, he became sick. So he died one month after I took over the company. So, you know, we felt a little uh, alone. But I had uh, gotten two very good board members, which has been a great support to me. And I mean, I were uh, not experienced in running a full company, but I knew the company very well. So um, first, uh, a, few, uh, a few mistakes. Uh, and then, you know, starting to get um, the things uh, going the right way. Um, yeah. Um, what What do you want to to uh, What do you want to add to the market? Um, <laughs> you know, this is all about the consumer being really uh, happy with our products. You know, that's in the end the motivation so how do we make great stuff that the consumers are super passionate about uh, and uh, so we always look for um, for uh, needs that are not fulfilled in the market it could be new uh, niche sports and this is probably the area where we have been the most successful by going into niche sports that eventually becomes a lot bigger you know we started this with a with the climbing in um, in the end of the 70s, kind of really making high-end uh, clothing and backpacks uh, to, to climbing. And this sport kind of grew a lot. And then the same we did with the hunting in the 80s. You know, there was some of our ambassadors coming to us saying, you know, there is no good hunting clothing out there. And we made some really revolutionary stuff that kind of took the market and then in the end of the 90s we started telemark skiing doing the same way you know we made clothing for that i think no one made clothing for that but we went into that niche and it worked quite well in the early 2000 we went into free ride skiing you know we saw the trend with the fat skis but we didn't see any clothing and backpacks really fitting that market so we went in there and did it our way and and therefore we could do it with success and you see the Single track mountain biking was the same way. We kind of made our own styles uh, in 2009 going into this market. And it was a very niche market. And, you know, today it's a huge market for us. So 
going in, uh, making great products that fits uh, uh, the consumer in niches where there is uh, no product from before is, is what we're really passionate about. And in, in general, also making great products so people can stay out in nature no matter what kind of weather condition and enjoy their uh, activities. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Um, isn't it difficult to aim at many markets at the same time because you're aiming at the US, you're mm-hmm. aiming at Scandinavia, Nordics, uh, European, uh, Europe and, and, and Asia as well. Isn't it difficult to... Well, our take on this is, uh, first of all, we say no to most countries. So we're, we are 15 markets that we really focus on. And, um, um, and our take on this is still... Uh, in general, we make as few products as possible, and we use as long time as possible on each product. Uh, so we've been very uh, focused on controlling the number of styles. Um, and we also say, you know, the normal way of doing it is getting inputs from the different market and making one product that fits fits them. Um, and I think we have been successful with that because I talked to one of the one of the retailers in Central Europe once and uh, had a discussion about this one with him, and he said, "You know, Jürgen, if uh, if uh, I want uh, German-made products, I go buy it from Germany. So it's really important that you stay core to what you are doing and and doing it your way because that's why we travel to Norway to buy it from you guys. And I think we see that both in Japan and in the US, they." Why they actually go that far to to uh, buy Norena is because we do it our way, which is different from the others. So we shouldn't adopt that to each market because then you lose that uh, point of differentiation. Uh, what are your weaknesses as a company? Um, <laughs> I, uh, it's it's uh, uh, hard to say. Um, I'm so much gladder in focusing on the on the strong side, but uh, of course we are a small company, uh, and um, and that could be that, that's difficult uh, in a world where still focusing on on uh, fifty markets and and you know our brand awareness is is probably outside Norway is probably our our biggest weakness because there is a lot of consumers out there that would have chosen Norena if they knew about Norena the right way. Um, 
because they will, a lot of consumers are looking for the highest quality function and design. But if they don't know uh, that we exist, it's hard to choose. So, so I think from seeing from the brand side, um, being a small company and and trying to reach out to all consumers in, in our focus markets, that will be our perfect customers. That's a big challenge. Um, you've already been, been talking about the expeditions in the 70s and 80s. And, mm. and, uh, but what, what are the roles of all the expeditions? And do you still work with expeditions and not only brand ambassadors? Um, we do both. And I mean, during the 70s and 80s and 90s, we were part of so many great expeditions. Um, you know, uh, I think uh, the, the, the first ascent of uh, the Trango Tower being uh, probably one of the most uh, extreme ones and most recognized ones. Um, what was great about these expeditions is that we didn't buy in to be part of it. These were uh, our friends that we worked with. And therefore, they of course used our clothing, and we worked together to make the best possible clothing. So it was a win-win situation, and we were the natural choice. And and we have been first on so many, so many peaks, the North Pole, South Pole, uh, and so on. So, and this was not a strategic plan. It kind of was just a natural way of doing it. So. I mean, in the end of the 90s, the expedition market really changed because a lot of money came into it. And and we saw that we were part of some expeditions. They were choosing this brand one week, next brand the next week. And we saw, you know, what's the credibility of, of buying this? Uh, you know, we had all the credibility because we had been doing it for many years without buying it. So we eventually changed to working with ambassadors and ambassadors that cho- choose us because they're in it with the heart. Uh, but when these ambassadors then go on expeditions, we are of course part of this and, ex- and supporting them. So we've done a lot of cool expeditions uh, also uh, after year 2000, but then it's with our ambassadors uh, when they go on it. Uh, and I think we, we, we changed working with the ambassadors now, so now we're more organized. How do we develop a product? We get them into it, we get them into the process, and we have a continuously feedback process on, on when we test out new stuff. So the ambassadors is very important to us, but it's, I think because the world has changed, the way we work with the ambassadors has also changed to fit uh, the, the way we work. And you know, a lot of our, our uh, employees are also uh, very passionate about outdoor, and they're also an important part of testing our products. How do you go about like uh, indulging and encouraging employees and people to go out? Do you do you hand out extra vacation if they have a a cool expedition plan or a ski plan? <laughs> and, uh, the, the one that has applied has uh, gotten the time off uh, at <laughs> least. So, uh, but that happens sometimes. But of course, we we have like a company trip every year where we bring the whole company, and we try to do different activities. Meet our activities uh, so um, you know uh, this uh, this fall we went up to Hemsedal and we were camping outside and doing hikes and mountain biking and fishing and a lot of different activities but sleeping outside and making everyone kind of feel what that is like it was pretty cold and you know it's it's important that we understand how the products work uh, but every year we go a different place and and that's a way to get people into uh, the activities. We also have a couple of co- uh, ca- uh, company cabins where people can go up in the mountains and enjoy. And of course, they get a very good pricing at Norena uh, Gear. <laughs> but I, I, one of my former employees, he he said when he was quitting, he said, I came into Norena as a road biker and a alpine uh, slope skier. I went out as a mountain biker and a free rider. So, uh, you know... That's the best kind yeah. of... Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, this is... Uh, so, I, we influence a lot. And the, the, the people working in my company, they're, they're, they like to hang out with each other. So, they do a lot of private trips also, which is really great, you know. So, uh, they hang a lot uh, together and do different kind of things. So I think two weeks ago, they were going to start on yoga and surfing. Uh, so this stuff uh, also happens by putting a lot of passionate people together. Uh, what, what kind of people work at uh, Norena? Uh, I think most of the people working here, they are really, really passionate. You know, uh, passion is one of our four uh, cultural values. 
and uh, what we see when we do uh, we have a, like a service um, we score really hard on uh, high on uh, this is more than a job to me and and uh, I'm, I'm super proud of the people working there because you know they do a great job uh, and they're such a big part of the success uh, that we have today uh, and uh, Usually, you know, I'm the one that uh, gets all the credits, but but there is a, a lot of great people there, super passionate about both their job and also about uh, the outdoor activities. And I think they, this passion also make them uh, enjoy each other company uh, a lot. And you know, last week we had a we had a Christmas party on on Halloween, <laughs> and it was uh, it was uh, arranged by uh, some part in the company. You know. Uh, that's usually how we do it, and to this uh, com- uh, to this uh, party, you know, they also made the band. So now we have a Noruana house band. Uh, <laughs> it was really really cool, and it just shows the passion and enthusiasm of the people uh, working here. And th- the other thing is that, you know, we are sixteen different nationalities. We're uh, seventy people, but there is a lot of different nationalities, and that's somehow demanding to lead uh, but it's really cool to see it's working together and it, it makes us um, you know being able to take the best out of a lot of different cultures mm-hmm. are you expanding do you are you looking for or looking for new talents we are and I mean uh, we are growing as a company uh, we're not adding out a lot of new jobs every year but of course it's so important for us to get uh, great people into the company because that's the only way that we will reach our long-term goals and that we are able to lead them uh, in the best possible way and I mean this is one of I think one of the hardest thing for me you know how do you become uh, a great leader how do you make uh, how do you see all the people every day and how uh, are you able to include them in the journey that we are going on so it's not only a decision taken at the top that uh, drives us in the right direction, but it's all the good suggestions coming from the people working here that takes us to uh, our long-term goals. What makes you a good CEO? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think somebody else has to judge that, but I, what I hear is uh, my strong sides and, and is probably the vision and the, the enthusiasm that I'm pretty good at seeing long directions uh, that uh, fit uh, the company um, and I think I still have a lot of potential in in uh, being a, a better leader and uh, yeah that's a, that's a <laughs> development that needs it but the vision is probably my strongest side mm. uh, how would you describe the the outdoor scene and the outdoor industry of today like global as a phenomenon um you know the thing i like uh, most about it is when companies come and innovate and change the direction of it and i mean it's not too much of all that today but the ones doing it they they deserve a lot of uh, respect because it's so important that the outdoor scene gets dynamic uh, and i mean this there is a lot of price focus these days and Everyone wants to grow, also Norana, and that sort of pulls down the high end and the niche market. Uh, so, you know, there is room for more high end niche in, in the outdoor segment, and that's so important for the development going forward. I also think there's, there's a lot of great innovation in uh, the outdoor scene, but in general, we have a bigger cha- we have a challenge to make the consumer understands because it's so technical and uh, it's not communicated to the consumer so so they understand so i think this is a challenge for the outdoor um but there uh, on the other side it's also a great industry with a lot of passion i think a lot of the competitors has a pretty good relation to each other you know and that's a really cool uh you know that's a, a cool industry to be in you know it's not about uh, talking shit about each other but it's it's respecting each other and and being able to compete uh, uh really hard and then still hanging out together mm. uh, and when it comes to the trends how had how has the trends been changing i mean during your active years and uh and and what's what is and or who is leading the trends setting the new standards i mean 
the 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 hard gear is often what defines the the trends, and I think they are not uh, really just popping up, but, but so you, you can see them coming. But I mean, like free ride skiing, you know, that did so much to how you can play uh, the mountain during winter time, and you have the the randonnée trend now, which you know the gear, the hard gear is really what kind of drives it. And we uh, can jump in there and make really good uh, products on top. But it really, uh, that I, I really like the randonnée trend, you know, kind of walking uh, around the mountain in a different way and then having fun on the going down. You see the, the single track and uh, full suspension biking, you know, uh, the film The Ridge it shows that you can actually bike almost anything with, uh, with the hard gear of today. So, so the cool thing is that the, the, the hard gear which creates the trend gives so many opportunities to play the mountain. So there is really, uh, I mean, if you go back 20 years, um, there is so much stuff you couldn't do then, which you can do now. And I, th I think this will, uh, this will catch up with, uh, with a bigger part of the population. And um, I mean, I believe, uh, for example, single track mountain biking in, in Norway and Sweden in in 10 years, it will be a big tourism thing. There's so many cool opportunities with the, with the gear that's out there and with the landscape we have. Um, so um, I'm, I'm, I really like the direction we're going in, but it's defined by the, the um, hardware. Um, are you uh, trend sensitive? Are you interested in, in trends within society? Um, I'm, uh, I'm not an expert on trends. Uh, the way we uh, work is that we uh, we develop products uh, in the niche of uh, what we're deeply passionate about, what we think we can be the best in the world at, and it has also to be profitable for us. Uh, in that sweet spot, we we make a great products. So we uh, find an activity we like, and uh, it doesn't need to be any trend, but if we like it, we go in there and make products for it. Uh, and we don't use a lot of time to looking at kind of big trend charts and so on, but we're more into the craftsmanship. And we believe if we put enough time into each product, they will be liked by the consumer. And sometimes that becomes a trend and uh, that's okay. Uh, but we, we don't really, uh, we're not very trend conscious, but it's important to just notice what's happening out there. And I mean, like uh, the randonnée thing now is you see that yes it's going from nothing and it's exploding and we we see that's happening and uh, but we were starting randonnée clothing when it was that big so it's because we enjoy the activity and i think our, our ambassador is starting to use the mountain in a different way they said we need some products there yes let's make products for you guys okay it's really nice that it uh, bec becomes a big market and we can uh, sell more products but uh, that's not necessarily the reason to go in there. I mean, single track mountain biking, it was very small when we went in there, but we thought, here we can make some cool products. And that's, that's kind of the consumer and the consumers that buy it, they thought it also was cool. That was the motivation. If you think it will be fun on your next company trip, you will start making products for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what other brands inspire you? Uh, I, I like to look at uh, brands outside uh, the industry a lot. Uh, I mean, uh, I think my biggest inspiration was uh, Steve Jobs when he came back to Apple and took over because he did so many brave things um, and uh, he's such a visionary. So that uh, inspired me a lot during year 2000 and so on. But I think if you look at the outdoor uh, scene, you know, um, the brands that uh, has their own uh, Identity is what what I really respect. You know, Fjellreven, that's uh, they have always had their own uh, identity, and this you know that I respect a lot. Uh, and, you know, my father and uh, Åke and Nordin was uh, very good friends. I mean, uh, I really respect Arterix, especially for what they did when they came into the clothing market, um, and you know Patagonia for their uh, environmental focus and how they have built a sort of a cult. Uh, brand uh, and there's a lot of other great brands out there also and um, you know I, I really like the one that have their own identity and really work hard to develop that further on. Do you identify a lot with other I know 
there's a, like a Nordic or like a Scandinavian uh, uh, like kind of a cluster when mm-hmm. it comes to to outdoor brands. Do you uh, do you identify a lot with other Scandinavian brands? Uh, to to be honest, you know, we don't really look so much outside because it's outside our influence. So when we work on ourselves, we kind of uh, get a little introvert and said, okay, what can we do to do the best possible way? And by not looking so much at the others, we can be uh, more differentiated because we like to try out new stuff and and be different uh, from the others. Um, and therefore we have to look for inspiration other places. So when uh, when we look for new inspiration, it's not at ISPO, you know, because everyone else is doing that. So how do we uh, break the pattern? That's the focus for us. We know that uh, um, it's very good for us and all the other uh, Scandinavian brands that we are successful together, but we still try to differentiate ourselves and do it our way. I mean, also by... Um, oh, 90% of our products are made at our head office. You know, we do the full process there. It's a competitive advantage that we have. I think very few companies in the world do it that way. So we look for ways uh, to stand out from the crowd. That's an important thing for us. If you would, uh, if you would look at Norena's history mm-hmm. um, and your legacy, what, what makes you? Mo- what are you most proud of? <laughs> I think uh, it's a uh, it's a lot of lot of things. Uh, um, I mean, it could be uh, uh, being able to kind of uh, thinking from my side or from the whole history. Um, um, well, from your side to make it a bit easier. Maybe. Um, what I'm proud of is that I've been able to uh, take it over and lift it it to uh, to the next level. Uh, of course, I'm very proud of that. Uh, um, and. But there's still a lot of ways I see uh, I have to improve and there's a lot of opportunities which is still out there and uh, I mean I, I'm pretty good at looking forward so I, I don't sit down and think so much about uh, about that I like to look more <laughs> future but of course it's uh, I'm proud of uh, being able to turn it around and kind of lift it to the next level and uh, yeah. uh, what's your take on sustainability your thoughts about sustainability mm. I mean, sustainability has uh, always been in uh, kind of the foundation of Norena uh, long before it was uh, hype uh, in uh, the industry. So, I mean, an important part for us has been the repairs since we started. Another important part for us has been the, the best quality. You know that the products has a long lifetime. Um, but in the in the, the in the latest years, we have. Uh, worked hard to improve um, our uh, carbon footprint. We haven't said so much about it, but we have worked really hard to improve this way. Um, what we have seen now is that we also need to tell p- the consumers what we're doing, not bragging, but just being transparent about it. So in our uh, latest strategy that goes to 2020, we would we would like to change a bit. and. Um, really show what we plan to do and evaluate ourselves if, if we're able to do it and do it in a transparent way. So if uh, the whole value chain uh, of Norena uh, was transparent to the consumer, um, I think it would be uh, much easier for them to, to judge us if you're doing the right thing. But, uh, but sustainability is in the foundation of everything we do. And of course, uh, the um, um, the changes in the climate today uh, might destroy uh, our market and the nature that we really uh, are passionate about. So it is important for us to be a part of uh, some somebody pushing in the right way for making it a lot better than um, making it, you know, that's important for us. And we will put a lot more resources into this um, going forward also. So finally, what's... Uh What's the next step for you? What lies ahead? Um, we are. We just kicked off our uh, twenty twenty strategy, and you know, if you look at uh, my time in the company, uh, it could be defined as uh, from two thousand and five to two thousand and ten. If 
So sort of a turnaround phase. We had to get the foundation uh, working, and that was a lot of work to, to get there. And uh, the phase from 2011 to 2014 uh, was mainly making sure that uh, what we started, uh, that started work good in 2010, was built to something really good. And now we're talking about lifting Nerona to the next level. So that's that goes on the fundamental kind of how do we um, take care of our consumers the best possible way for making cool and happy products. And we are really conscious about our distribution, but also the way we work and the people working in the company. And by focusing on, on these five areas and the sustainability, we think that we will deliver a lot of cool innovations, not only on the product size, but in all these areas in the in, in the years to come. So we have a lot of cool uh, ambitions and we really want to be in the forefront on, on who's driving the outdoor market. Sustainability, um, communication, products, cons how we treat our consumers, uh, and also how we run uh, the whole uh, company. And uh, last but not least, it's it's November and it's soon winter finally. What's the, if you have to choose one place, that the best place for skiing, <laughs> your best tip for this winter? Uh, this winter uh, I will go to um, British Columbia on the border to Alaska um, and hopefully it's very, very deep powder. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it will be. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE or Summit 4xE. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.